Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Makes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. Michael, as always, we appreciate the time since we saw a lot of Christian McCaffrey in Carolina's Monday night win. If I'm going to limit you to rookie running backs between McCaffrey or Joe Mixon, who's going to have the strongest stretch run from the fantasy point of view? I will take McCaffrey because you got a more dynamic offense being run right now, both as a runner and receiver. A little surprised to see Stewart go over 100 yards. I don't think anybody would have won any bar bets over that one. Uh, but the fact of the matter, you're seeing that six to eight touches uh, out of the backfield as a receiver each week, and he's been more explosive. And if Cam continues to play like he did last night and then continue to rock such dominating suits and hat combinations in the postgame, <laughs> um, that means good things for McCaffrey because those are the winning suits. If he's wearing those, all's well in the world. Uh, Mike, with, Devite, with Devontae Freeman likely out, what happens to the value of Tevin Coleman this week oh. against the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, we get him in as a, a back-end number one, high-end number two, looking for a larger touch count. Seattle, uh, as we go through, I mean, still banged up. They'll get some of that secondary back, uh, which should help shore up against the run game. But still looking at Coleman to be a 15-touch guy, and, and we've seen the explosiveness. So let's get him in as a back-end one. Michael, like the great JT. Not Justin Timberlake. James Taylor. I'm going to Carolina in my mind. That was a stretch, but i got to get you to Greg Olson. Getting closer to being activated. Would you be proactive and grab him now? Because when he comes back, we know the rapport between the playmaking tight end and Cam Newton. Plus, we got the bad injury news. Curtis Samuel's done for the rest of the year, meaning I think Olson's going to be targeted even more when he gets healthy. There you have it. Get him right back in, red zone target. He'll do a game in the broadcast booth and hang out a bit uh, and then get back onto the field. Very exciting time for Cam Newton. I mean, they've been able to weather the storm 7-3, and three, but when you can get a guy uh, that you trust as much, I mean, look, look at the big game they had, including all the drops. Samuel, unfortunately, before he gets hurt, you look at the drops from Shepard uh, and go on down the line that, you know, you get your steady hand tight end back and the tight end position hasn't been as dominant uh, top to bottom, as I think we expected, a lot more ebb and flow. Uh, but if you can get a guy like Olsen back in the mix, uh, now suddenly uh, you've got a week-to-week playmaker. And if nothing else, again, if, I, I keep stressing this the last couple of weeks, go through the end of your bench, find the dead weight, uh, and start playing defense to make sure that one of these players, like an Olsen, isn't in the lineup against you as you're striving for that last playoff push. When thinking about the New Orleans Saints, you truly think about the offense alone, but this offense has completely flipped and now known for producing in a running game. Uh, How do you see the value of Drew Brees and his receivers now? Shock and awe as you go through it, right? Over the last four weeks, you look at the top three running back scorers, Ezekiel Elliott, now on a plane and hanging out in Europe, seeing the sights, uh, and then Kamara and Ingram are two and three uh, ahead of Todd Gurley. So you look at the, the dominance there for the passing game, really the only person you, you trust on a week-to-week basis is the, the workload that Thomas sees, but even then, the output's uh, heading up and down for Drew Brees on a week-to-week basis, still going to be a QB1, but certainly not valued as highly as we would have in the past because of that defense showing up in a big, big way and, and playing balanced. 
So against Washington this week, I'd have him as a mid QB one, so in that seven to nine range. Uh, but certainly not looking for those four hundred yard, three touchdown heroics like we've seen in the past. Tuesday edition fantasy fix being provided by Michael Harmon, SwallowandDome.com. Mike, since you use the analogy of playing defense when it comes to setting your lineup, let's talk about defense specifically. And I know it typically hinges on matchups. Who are your top defenses this week? Week to week, well, right now, I mean, Jacksonville, far and away, you're number one uh, on the road at Cleveland. You look at uh, Arizona flying around a little bit with, with Tom Savage, who looked better this past week, but still you can go to him into some mistakes along the way. Kansas City going up against the hapless New York football Giants, so an opportunity for you there. Uh, and then the Lions against the Bears. You, you look at the number of down and distance. Uh, the Bears, and every third down except for two plays, uh, were third and ten or worse. So a lot of opportunity to pin the ears back and get after Mitchell Trubisky, force him into mistakes, take a couple of big sacks. How did you like Tyrod Till and Calvin Benjamin? How did you like them in their first game together with the Bills? I was a little saddened by the output, uh, seeing as Tyrod Taylor was my fantasy quarterback in a couple of matchups, and you know playoff push is on. And I think if I were on radio, I would have been dumped several times, maybe been shown the door uh, by the end of the game. So when we look at uh, going forward, you know it's it's an uneven start, but. You know, with with Taylor, they're not committing uh, to to making any type of change. Even though we saw a uh, switch at the back end of the game, but but certainly that does raise your eyebrow of what may be coming. Even though they're still locked into the second wild card as we go into week eleven, but uh, better days ahead. We'll see a better rapport. I think uh, Benjamin still as a number three because of the upside and red zone potential. But for Tyrod Taylor, on a week to week basis, fantasy owners aren't very trustworthy trusting of him right now let's continue to revel in negativity that is the foundation of sports talk radio and i have to admit i was off base here i thought terrell Pryor was going to put up big numbers in washington when you think about deshaun jackson departing going to tampa bay pierre garçon got all that guaranteed money to go to san francisco what happened to Pryor? and is it time to move on from him from your fantasy roster yeah, it's a final. If you haven't cut him already, uh, we, we can toss him off. If he comes back and has a big game uh, as this year comes to an end, so be it. But as of now, you know, you're looking at a guy who's come up with 20 receptions, only 37 targets. That's what, sixth best on the team. Jordan Reed, who's hardly played, uh, has as many targets as he has right now. It's more Chris Thompson going forward. He's the the leader in the clubhouse alongside Crowder and more Vernon Davis. So uh, for Pryor, it's just not happened this year. Great expectations coming into the year. You're looking for big plays and for Cousins to be pushing the ball downfield to him. But for now, it's time to to go cut bait. Go find yourself another option on the waiver wire. Uh, get, Get a little deep with some of these uh, other player, Corey Davis, I think people have picked up, but you know he's still out there in some leagues. Dontrell Inman, as bad as the Chicago offense looks at times, well most times, uh, he's also a guy that just from a pure target uh, count, you're looking for opportunity. And then you got Bruce Ellington, who, who's become a sneaky play uh, there in Houston because of the number of opportunities being tossed up by Tom Savage. You mentioned expectations. There are two players that I think we all can agree on that underachieved in the first half of the season. That's Julio Jones and Amari Cooper. Which receiver is more likely to have a, sec- a big second half? 
Ooh, now we're talking. Uh, without having the, the full complement of schedule in front of me, I, I think desperation starts to sink in for Atlanta uh, and the need to just feed the ball into Julio Jones' hands and try to make plays happen with uh, – you don't have as many monster uh, opportunists out there. You got Cooper, uh, I should say uh, Austin Hooper, uh, because we like looking at Austin Hooper every now and again. Muhammad Sanu uh, with a, a few opportunities, but in Oakland, uh, Derek Carr with more options to distribute the football. So I, I think Julio Jones is where we force it uh, as the Falcons try to avoid being the latest of the decimated teams post Super Bowl losses. Finally, Michael, because we talked about the Raiders having the groundbreaking for their Las Vegas stadium last night and played some Wayne Newton. I'm sure you enjoyed that earlier portion of the program. That's a beautiful thing. Duncan Shane, to you, pal. Since I stumbled across the James Taylor Carolina reference, you walk into a night spot. There's a jukebox. You only have two albums available. Greatest hits of Justin Timberlake, greatest hits James Taylor. Which album are you selecting? Well, I play sexy back remixes as loud as I can and announce my arrival. Wow. That's a tough image in my mind. Especially if I'm wearing that Cam Newton jacket from last <laughs> night, everybody. Are you shimmying as you walk through the door as well? What's going on there? Well, hell yeah. I mean, you got the, you, you're wearing the boots. You're wearing the, the form-fitting jeans that show off Quadzilla and then the glorious baseball-like calves that I rock. Uh, and then you take over a room. Okay, well, Kevin Nash no longer is big sexy. That can be you in 2017. Thank you, Michael. We'll chat with you next week. Peace and love, gentlemen. Have a great week. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.